Hey everybody that's going on, let's have a chat. Yes, this is Cody Tyler, welcome back. Um, yeah, it's been a very, very, um, I, I've been busy this last week, so moving into my brand new studio slash apartment, um, it's, it's definitely been a process, so obviously I'm still getting used to everything, so I'm sorry that I haven't really been as active, but I did record, um, the London Monarchs versus the Royals, not, not Royals, um, wow, Montreal Machine, and so, um, yeah, that, I have not posted that just yet, the results, actually, I did post that, um, the results were actually overwhelming, and I will get to that in a second, because I did actually, um, post it, but yeah, it was really good, um, so basically, um, I've been working nonstop, and I've also worked all, um, also for my landlord as well here and there, like little small bits and pieces. So yeah, it's been a interesting process. Um, just taking it one day at a time, obviously. So let me uh, get into the. We're gonna get into the results in a minute, but I do need to. Discuss some of the football stuff going on right now. Alright, so there's been a lot. Um, players are now optioning out of the season, which I understand. Um, some are optioning out because um, they want to protect their family. Some just are worried about the risk of COVID. It's been... Um, it's been difficult to say the least if you're um the NFL right now. It's definitely something that I know a lot of people are concerned about. I mean, heck, why wouldn't you be? We're living in a very dangerous and terrifying time right now. It's a lot of unknown still, so obviously um do you run the risk of getting COVID or do you protect yourself? I mean, if you're a football player that has quite a bit of money, I could understand um, taking a year off and just even like healing your body. I mean, obviously the problem is rust, obviously. So it's a battle of risk versus reward. Now, one of the things that does concern me um, is that players now can get penalized by the NFL thanks to the whole COVID risk if they go to church um, at a twenty-five per, above 25% filling capacity. I have a major problem with this. The reason why I have a problem with it is you see a lot of players like do protesting, which is quite a bit more people. Now, different subjects, different reasons, obviously. That's neither here nor there. But with the church, you're less likely to have a lot of people. Just saying. I mean, there are major churches, don't get me wrong. But I... I there's several ways that you can combat this, but it does kind of go against your freedom of religion. 
Um, so one of the things that I would recommend for football players is either you st- either you stand by your faith and you still go to church regardless. You option out of your thing uh, for the season or you do a third and more reliable option. The Probably the best option, I would say, and this is the option I would go with if I was a football player. I would create the, a church within the locker room. Have people at, that are Christians um, maybe meet a little early and just uh, and just worship. Like, honestly. Because the whole point, if you're a Christian or Muslim or whatever your religion is, you're going to want to worship freely. Without any question or fear or worry. So that's what I would do ultimately. Is find a way to celebrate your faith. Now, does that upset me a little bit? Yeah, because the problem that I'm seeing right now. And maybe I'm looking at from a certain point of view. It seems like there's a lot of pandering that's going on by the NFL. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of those things are really, really good. Like, for example, the theme that the theme that is now added to the national anthem, which is the um, the black um, um, theme or whatever, is actually a hymnal, which is actually kind of cool. So I'm actually okay with that. Um, but it's just, it it seems like it's more about trying not to offend people. And I understand that we live in a really sensitive time, but push comes to shove. Those people, if they have one thing that you do that you, they don't agree with you on, they're going to absolutely torch you on it. They're going to absolutely go after you. And the problem is you can't always try to appease the masses. Sometimes you have to do tough things. Um, That's part of being a leader. And unfortunately, I just... One good thing that's coming out of this is Roger Goodell said that he would help pay for some of the um, stuff in order for football players to play. In fact, he actually said that he would take it out of his own paycheck. The commissioner of the NFL is willing to lose money in order for the league to continue. So, that's a very huge thing. And, you know, if it, I don't know if the season will cancel or not. But if it does, then a team that we will be talking about later on in this episode will actually have enough time to do their name change. So, who knows? We'll we'll worry about that. Alright, I'm going to come right back, and we are going to get into the results of the London Monarchs versus the Montreal Machine. And we will talk about our next triple threat match. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. And we're back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. So, as I promised, the results of London Monarchs versus the um, Montreal Machine. 
It was a one-weighted side. Like, it was London Monarchs won it by long shots. So, London Monarchs are your winners. So, they are now part of it, and they've, they're the first European team not from Germany. So, there you go. They're in. So, they add to the international part of it. So, that's exciting. All right. So today we are going to talk about three teams, all from the same place, Birmingham, Alabama, a place that's well known for not only being one of the most well-known colleges in football history, I believe that's where, no, no, but they're well known for their football down in Birmingham, and Birmingham has had a lot of history concerning um, former football teams actually being hosted there. In fact, you could say they are one of the football teams, places that the NFL should consider if they ever plan to expand. Now, so we're going to discuss three different teams, three different leagues, and different time periods. So, okay. So, for our friend Mr. Jacob Botel from the Jacob Botel from the Jake Botel football experience, this first one's for you. The Birmingham Iron from the Alliance of America Football. In 2019, they played on Legion Field, which, by the way, will come up quite a bit on here. Their head coach was Tim Lewis, who was a former defensive end as well as a former defensive coordinator. I always pick him for Madden for like. Him or Percy um, Fowell for, like, defense coordinator, because those guys are pretty cool. They were black, silver, and white. They were 5-3. and three. They would have actually, had the Alliance of America football not um, shut down, they would have been a playoff team. And who knows? Um, Orlando Apollos would have ultimately probably been the best team, but Birmingham Iron would have been in the running, at least. So, definitely a team that was worth noting. Um, they had Luis Perez, who was a quarterback that would later on play for the New York Guardians. They had Trent Richardson, who would, in his brief time in the Sun, show that he was he still got it after all these years. And Nick Novak, who also played for the LA Wildcats, who happens to also be the same team that a friend of mine, Mr. Jeremiah Spicer, played on. If you want to check out his story, I would love to share with you his story. Um, he is probably one of the hardest working people on the planet. Really awesome guy. You should go check him out. Jeremiah Spicer. Alright, so the Birmingham Thunderbolts from the original XFL. I am not doing the voice right now. Just because I am tired and I am exhausted and I'm doing recording this while basically being nauseated. So if my pronunciation is off, like just then, just forgive me on this. So it, it's definitely tough. They were purple, yellow, and silver. Although I remember them kind of having a blue tint to them. I thought they were kind of blue, more blue than purple. Oh, well, what do I know? Their head coach was Gary De Niro, and whew, they were 2-8. and eight. 
poor thir Thunderbolts. They were one of the worst. I think they were the worst team in that XFL. Although, if you look at their helmets, their helmets were awesome. I absolutely loved their style. I loved the team. It's a shame that they didn't play so well. But, honestly, they were originally going to be the Birmingham Blast. That was their original name. Unfortunately, that probably would not have been the best idea. Because Birmingham is known for several bombings that have happened throughout their history. And that would have brought back a lot of bad memories. They were not... And interesting enough, Gary DeNaro was the only one that didn't really allow his players to put nicknames on the back of their jerseys, even though the XFL actually encouraged it. And I think that's one of the cool things about the original XFLs. They allow that. Now, mind you, you obviously have to be careful because, um, well, nowadays... You would probably get a lot of inappropriate um, content behind that. So, if Jim McMahon played for the XFL, oh boy. Yeah, just when that worked. Alright, so there were actually a few players that actually contributed. Um... So, Damian Gordine, who played for San Diego State, was the son of Lil Anthony, who was part of a band. Um, so, he was a wide receiver. James Bostick, who I believe was a running back from Auburn, was their leading rusher. Um, and then Quincy Jackson, who played for Alabama as an in college, would later on go to play for Mo for Albany Firebirds, which speaking that, um, for those who are fans in Albany, for those who are the, who are in that Albany area in New York, congratulations! The National Arena League is bringing back a uh, arena football team, which is great because I loved what the Empire did. I wish I could have gone to see them play. I will feature them at some point in the future, or at least talk about them. But yeah, it was really cool concept. And I mean, the team made it playoffs both year, and they end up winning the second year, which was their final year. So it's really cool to think about. All right, let's go to our last team. Now, originally, I was going to go with something else. I don't remember what, though. That's the problem. My brain was just like, okay, I had a third team in mind. Who was it? And it was... To my knowledge, it was not this team. But, you know what? Ultimate opportunity came up. And, you know what? Thanks to, um... Oh, what's his name? KTL. If you want to watch any sports content that's really cool, either check him out or check Flemo Raps out. Those guys are really, really good. And, by the way, I forgot to mention, the Birmingham Thunderbolts did play in Legion Field. And so did this third team that played. The Birmingham Americans, who would also be the Birmingham Vulcans later on down the line, but we'll get into that in a second here. So from 1973 to 1975, they were Royal Blue and Scarlet and White. 
Now, technically, when I say 73, I really mean 74. As a team, as a concept, they were found in 73 by Bill, P Bill Putham. And they played Legion Field, and they did win the World Bowl. We'll get into that in a second, too. And their head coach and GM was Jack Gatta. They were 15 and free and 5. They actually did really, really well. And they would win the World Bowl, even though originally, little interesting facts from KTL, they weren't going to show up. There were some circumstances that would have prevented them. Um, I do not remember exactly what they are. Um, look up KTL and look up... Um, oh, what was the title of it? It had to do with the World Football League. I don't remember the title of his video. But um, while the, te the team ended up being part of it, and they did end up winning the game. And while they were celebrating... The Sheriff's Department came and repossessed their uniforms, everything. The teams literally got basically, um, while celebrating, they end up getting everything taken away from them. And that was because Bill Putnam did not make great financial decisions. Um, let's just get into it a little bit here. Now, there are some players that they did draft and players that were involved. But uh, let's talk about some of the stuff here. Oh, my goodness. So contracts that were... So they actually breached some contracts, believe it or not. Um, let's see. They, they breached contract of Ken Stabler, Elsie Greenwood... And a few others as well. They end up signing, and the other notable players include Jethro Pug, Rayfield Wright, George Mira, Charlie Harway. I cannot read my own handwriting. Larry Willingham, and John Muzio. And they drafted, by the way, um, they drafted Richie Gurren. As well. Now, mind you, one of the player people that they drafted was a 42-year-old former NBA and and a former basketball coach. Yeah, the World Football League was ambitious, but financially, they just did not get off the ground. There was a lot of breach contracts that happened, a lot of lawsuits. Basically, World Football League end up in a big heap of mess, and it's unfort. And they had great ideas; they just could not make them stick. So, realistically, 1974 was the only true season because in '75, halfway through it, they end up canceling it. So, yeah. But the Birmingham Americans actually did pretty well in spite of that. So they had a lot of potential. It's just the coaching and the coaching was fine, but the GM, the ownership, just the finances and the ownership really cost them. By the way, don't mind that. That's just fans in my thing. But yeah, 
So that's the three teams. Um, if you want to send me a voice message, a voice message of teams that you recommend or leagues that you recommend, I love to hear them. And I might actually change up my um, next episode. There's actually a football league that I might be reviewing for the next one for the whole entire thing. I don't know yet. So, um, I'll be right back for our final segment, which is where we're going to talk about the NFC East. Don't go anywhere. All right, here we go. The last part of our segment tonight. So, here we go. This is predictions. Now, mind you, obviously the league is still pending. So, we'll see how it goes. But here we go. As usual, we're going to go from fourth to first. We're going to explain the records and why I think each team belongs where they belong. So here we go. At number four, we're actually going to get into it right now. We're going to talk about Washington football team. No longer the Redskins, the Washington football team. Now it's interesting that Ron Rivera, who about four years ago said he would never change the name. Ever. Finally decides to change the name. Now, this could take up to 18 months, according to Ron Rivera. But then again, we'll see. Um, however, one thing that really is good is that we're going to have a change, which I don't mind. Because if we stick with the same old boring stuff, eventually it's going to get old to the point where no one's going to care. And unfortunately, with the league, I think it has gotten to that point. So this allows a brand new opportunity, a new day. This will actually help rather than hinder the um, company. So I actually think this might work in their favor. So yeah, this is going to be an interesting opportunity. So we'll see where it goes. Um, the record will be, however, 4-12. and 12. And here's why I think that. Dwayne Haskins is the guy. There's no doubt that. Now, mind you, there's also Alex Smith that's coming back and whatnot. But at this point right now, the Redskins are a mess. There you've got a brand new coach in Ron Rivera who hopefully, well, I think is the best uh, brand new coach that has gotten picked up this year. But that's my personal opinion. However, the team is really going to struggle they're absolutely they're absolutely going to have issues so I'm not worried about it we'll see where it goes but yeah right now I think they're still in free fall mode um, they still have Adrian Pearson's reliable back but it's interesting how they drafted a guy who is supposed to be the guy. And yet every single year he gets hurt and AP has to come in. And AP has done really well given how, even though how good the line used to be, it has been bad because there have been nobody. Everyone's gotten hurt. And now Trent Williams is at the 49ers, which I think he chose the 49ers over Minnesota because... He knows that that's the better opportunity, which I don't blame him. So, at this point right now for the 
the Redskins, they're the Redskins are in they're in misery. And until Dan Snyder is no longer their owner, or until they can get someone who can counteract his um behavior, the Redskins are gonna t- continue to do badly. And it's a shame. Because my friend John Turner is a huge Redskins fan and he deserves absolutely the best. But unfortunately, yeah, you can't fire owners, sadly. Although you can force them to sell. Hmm. I wonder if with all the allegations that have been coming out with the Redskins, maybe Dan Snyder's involved? Probably not, but if he is, no one's going to find out unless if there's like concrete evidence that proves it can be no one else. So we'll see. Coming at number three, the New York Giants. The New York Giants are in the new era. Gone is the Eli era, which gave them two Super Bowls, but too much inconsistency. Enter the pretty much similar um, quarterback in Daniel Jones. We'll see where Daniel Jones takes them. Now, will he be as good as Eli Manning? Will he not be as good as Eli Manning? Will he be about the same as Eli Manning? We don't know. We got limited basic um, info on him, and we really didn't see a lot. So, right now, we do not know. So, there's still a positive outlook to this. This means that if no one knows, then no one's going to really be concerned. So, right now, the Giants are enigma. But right now, they're also depending on Saquon Barkley too much. And now losing Nate Soldier as their offense tackle because of COVID, it's going to be an interesting year for the Giants. Who knows? Maybe they will do well, maybe they won't, or maybe the season will be gone and no one will care. But I'm predicting them at 6-10 and 10 because I think they're on the rise. I think Joe Judge and Jason Garrett are going to prove to be a pretty decent combo for them. But we'll see where it goes. Who knows? Who knows? It's We won't know until they actually play. Go, coming in at number two. This one's going to be... Uh, I gotta say this. Number two is Dallas. All the way around. Mike McCarthy is a great hire. The only difference between him and Jason Garrett, though, is he's won the Super Bowl. Once. Which also... Tells you about Aaron Rodgers as a player, but eh, who knows? The, to be fair to him, the team hasn't really helped him at all. But yeah, Mike McCarthy is a safe hire. Will he be the best hire? Who knows? The big thing right now for Dallas is Dak Prescott's contract. Yes, Dak has signed a deal that allows. Dak will remain on the one-year deal going into the season. So he's in a prove-it year. So we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the team's concerned, I mean, you still got Zeke, guy, still got Mari Cooper. But yeah, the Cowboys really proved how much they struggled last season 
being nine and seven. They were too inconsistent. And they lost to the Bills and to the Jets. Not an impressive record. Especially because the Jets got beat by both the Bengals and the Dolphins, as I stated um, in a previous episode. Yeah, this doesn't look really that good for the team. So, this is obviously a concern. A major concern. So, obviously, this is where the problem is going to lie. Will the Dallas Cowboys rise above and make the playoffs? I think there's a possibility of playoffs, but right now, unless the things change, I see a a slight margin of improvement. They may hit 9-7 or 10-6. I'm going with 10-6. But basically, yeah, they're just going to be, they're going to look like they've got everything together, and then they're going to fall apart, unfortunately. And a big part, and while, yes, their receiver core is going to be dangerous this year, their defense is really struggling. And perhaps Dallas should have had more attention to defense, but I digress. But we'll see. And coming in number one. The Philadelphia Eagles. Now, mind you, I'm not saying the Phillies better than Dallas. I think they're about the same. Unfortunately, the big difference that last year was what you did with what you had. Dag Prescott really... It wasn't that he was to blame, but just seemed like the team didn't have the... Motivation. They didn't have the the mo- push, and the only reason why they didn't win the division is because they just couldn't get it done. Philly should have not won that division last year, but Carson Wentz played like the old Carson Wentz prior to getting injured. Um, in that last stretch in December, he. Carson Wentz carried the Eagles on his back to victory. He gave them that win. And people are still criticizing the whole Nick Foles thing. Well, guess what? Nick Foles is already on his second team after leaving Philly. Carson Wentz has actually been pretty sturdy. And he held up this year. Now, mind you, he still has yet to finish with a 16 um game thing, but he may not even get that this year because of the thing, but overall, I say they're going to be at least 10-6 and six with a slight advantage over Dallas because the team is not great. They're not, their Philly run was special, but I think that has come and gone, but they still are a good enough team that they could do better, so that's my predictions. I could be wrong, and who knows? We'll see. With the way 2020 is going, who knows? Maybe the Washington football team can win the division this year. Who knows? All right. I'm Chad. I'm Cody. And I will see you next time. And when we do, let's have a chat.